Good morning again. And it's still great to be back in here, isn't it? What a great feeling. It's been an interesting week for many reasons. Uh, my normal sermon development process starts on a, on a Monday. Tuesday, I get together with some fellow clergy via Zoom. And by Wednesday, I usually have the idea sort of figured out. And then it's just a matter of Wednesday or Thursday writing it down. Uh, that didn't happen this week. In fact, I was still writing this morning. Uh, so I think it's, uh, it is a unique week, and I, and I vacillated, like many of you probably, but in all the uncertainty between a message of concern, a message of hope, and I sort of ended up somewhere in the middle of that, so a message of repair. And it does feel like almost a month since we last got together. So, I mean, we were together last Sunday, but so much has happened this past week. And it just makes sense for the continual way that 2020 is throwing new things at us. You know, if we had, we spent six months in lockdown, so it felt like March just kept going, it's only fitting that we would have five days of election day, since it felt like November 3rd never stopped. I don't know about you, but it's been exhausting. And if the results that we're getting confirm anything, it's that we remain a country deeply, deeply divided. 50% on this side, 50% on that side. Some who are watching this or in the audience may be happy, some may be angry, some may be concerned. But there's no in-between. And there's certainly little chance of crossing over at this moment, or so it seems. As I mentioned, this division calls for repair, calls for healing. It also leads paradoxically straight to today's gospel. See, there, too, is sharp division. In this case, between the bridesmaids. Five are foolish, we're told, and five are wise. The wise bring along extra oil. The foolish do not. When the groom is delayed, they all fall asleep. Now, the groom comes, they're told, and the bridesmaids, without extra oil, plead for the others to share their bounty. And they refuse and instead send them, tell them to go out to the store. Now, you'd expect Jesus to encourage generosity in the parable, but really there's none. Instead, the wise ones, as I mentioned, send them out into the market, which is pretty poor advice given that it's midnight and the dealers would all be closed. And meanwhile, the wise ones enter into the party and the doors are closed. The others without the oil, they're they're turned away, and they're turned away harshly. They're told, truly, I tell you, I do not know you. These are the bridesmaids. This is harsh. And it continues, keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. And in the context of the parable, I find this a little confusing. Because both the wise and the foolish bridesmaids, they all fall asleep. So isn't this a story more about preparation? and plenty of oil than it is about perseverance or staying awake? And why does the lamp oil play such a central role? It basically drives the entire narrative. It's not the groom. We're not even told who that is, although presumably we think it's Jesus. Nor is it the tension between the wise and the foolish bridesmaids as they strive for enough oil. And if they all fall asleep, why are the rejected ones scolded so harshly for their drowsiness? when the others don't suffer that same fate. 
I think it's one of the more confusing parables in Matthew. And the simplistic analysis, and one that you may have heard, I know I have, is that it's a, simply a story about judgment and about salvation versus being cast out. And this fits perfectly with the broader themes of Matthew that we see throughout the gospel. There is salvation. The bridesmaids are allowed into the celebration, and there is rejection or a kind of judgment in those turned away. But I think that's, that's, very, that's too easy. There's a lot more to unpack in this. Because there's also the universality of falling short, or put another way, the universality of sin. All of the bridesmaids fall asleep. Jesus implores all to keep awake, for they know neither the day nor the hour. And I keep going back to two things in this story that really are particularly relevant for us in this moment. The waiting and the oil. I think we'd all agree after this week that waiting or any kind of delay can be difficult. If this week has taught us anything, it is of the anxiety that comes with delay. It may be delay at a traffic light, it may be delay at a line at the supermarket or a drive-through. In this case, it was an election result. But delay of any kind brings out anxiety, and that brings out frustration. That's the waiting. Now, what about the oil? What does that represent? And why couldn't Jesus have the wise share their bounty with those who have none? All would be allowed to get into the great banquet. It would be totally consistent with Jesus' call elsewhere in Matthew to love your neighbor as yourself. It's part of the great commandment upon which hangs all the law and the prophets. So how does this apparent stinginess fit with this other universal call for love? And I think it's important for us there. I think the oil is a metaphor for the spiritual readiness of the bridesmaids to make them ready to join the banquet. Through faith, works of love, mercy, regular spiritual practices, the oil gets replenished. Enough gets stored up to weather the delay and make it into the banquet. The foolish bridesmaids aren't evil. They're all welcome to the banquet after all, but they lack the spiritual stamina, the oil, to push through the waiting. And it's probably safe to assume that anyone who's hearing this, or those of you who are here, may be finding their own spiritual resources, their own oil, to be running a little low. I know I am. The pandemic has ceased long ago to be a novelty. And its relentlessness, even with this recent spike, makes us just more demoralized. It saps our reserves. It saps our spiritual oil. In our lives today, we're obsessed with the waiting for a vaccine, for financial relief, the election result. And the waiting can make us fall spiritually asleep. We abandon practices that feed our soul, like regular prayer, reading, serving others, walking in nature, even something as simple as laughing. This past week, especially, we may have found our most regular daily practices to be anxiously scrolling through news feeds, social media, television channels, looking for answers. The delay was at times unbearable. Now, the folks who created this lectionary, which guides our readings, probably never imagined such a divided nation as they selected the readings for this week, the 23rd week after Pentecost. 
but the depiction of an equally divided group of women dressed up for the wedding and ready to go to the banquet seems apt for our natural, national situation right now. While united in their shortfall, they all fall asleep, remember. They're divided by their preparation. The wise women have invested the spiritual practices to fill their oil lamps and even some extra. They've practiced discipline, adopted regular spiritual principles, regularly fed their souls, so they have enough stored up for now and beyond, even dinner at the great banquet of the Lord. And the final part of the parable that needs, I think, some unpacking as well is the gates being slammed in the foolish women's faces. The door was shut. They were harshly turned away. The message about judgment is unmistakable, but for what sin? Sleeping while waiting was not the heart of the problem, but being spiritually unprepared to wait enough time for the groom, that was the problem. The door is shut. They're not seen for who they are. The invitation to Jesus' banquet is lost. Staying awake is not, the, is not about the impossible task of never sleeping. That would be impossible. It would be unhealthy even. We sleep. We fall short with our neighbors and ourselves in spite of our best efforts to stay awake. Our work to constantly replenish the spiritual oil in our lamps. We need to keep enough stored so when the inevitable wait comes, we're able to trim our wicks, meet the bridegroom, and celebrate that eternal banquet. This week I ask you a simple question. How much spiritual oil do you feel like you have on hand? What practices, thoughts, behaviors are part of your spiritual discipline? Do they feed your soul? Do they enhance your reserve of oil? Or do they leave you ill-prepared and maybe a little empty? When I was young, there was a song, there was a big hit by a band called The Hollies, and it's, it's named He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. I was about nine years old. What I found out is one of the principal writers who wrote this was in the late stage of lymphoma, late stage cancer, and actually died before its release. So this message of patience, waiting, and loving our neighbor despite difficult circumstances that he went through, I think speaks to us today. You may sort of know the message. You know, the road is long with many a winding turn that leads us to who knows where. I mean, isn't that the case? But I'm strong, strong enough to carry him. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. So on we go. His welfare is of my concern. No burden is he to bear. We'll get there. For I know he would not encumber me. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. On this second Sunday in November, the road may seem long and, and the end may seem unclear. The song, and in fact, the entirety of Scripture, I think calls us to make a choice. To choose love over all else to choose love over certain difficult circumstances, to choose love over candidates, to choose love over people who voted differently than you did. We are called to, to universally choose, or maybe to use the word that we're all, is on a lot of people's minds this week, we're called to vote for love. Love our brother. All our brothers and sisters, 
And that includes all our fellow humans. Republican, Democrat, uh, different creeds, colors, and beliefs, because they ain't heavy. They are our brother and sister. They are family. At the heart of our faith is the certainty that our time on earth has purpose and a goal, and that history is moving toward its eventual fulfillment and completion. Our time on earth, short as it may be, is dedicated to helping realize that goal. Love is that goal, radical love. And we do that by loving our neighbor, by adopting regular practices that feed our soul, practices that replenish our spiritual oil while we wait. For we know neither the hour nor the day, but we regularly replenish our oil so that when the bridegroom finally appears, we're able to trim our wicks, light our lamps, and join Jesus in that eternal banquet. This week ahead, more than ever, I invite you to feed your soul, replenish your oil, remain vigilant. We don't know the day nor the hour. We stay prepared. We choose love, love of ourselves and of our neighbors. We practice radical love. It's how we help realize heaven here on earth. And for that, thanks be to God. And as a step toward refilling our collective lamps of oil, I thought that we would join together in a couple of moments to recite together our baptismal covenant. Because that, if you think about it, is our first moment, true moment of unity with God and neighbor. And our promises to both God and our neighbor. So let's do that. Please stand as you're able. The baptismal covenant is found on page 304 of the Book of Common Prayer or page 5 in your worship booklet. Do you believe in God the Father? Believe, believe in, in God, God the Father Almighty, Almighty creator of heaven and earth. and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was, he was conceived, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers? Will, with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? I will, with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will, with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will, with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I will, with God's help. Grant, O Lord, baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. 
Amen. Amen.